Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is... Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No, former Penn State All-American Rich Ornberger, and PicksWise lead betting analyst Jared Smith. Oh, good morning, everybody. Week three. Oh, I can just feel it. It smells like ball all over the country so fired up to be here we've got lead betting analyst from pickswise.com jared smith we've got penn state all-american rich ornberger who's on the road he's over there in salt lake city getting set for the san diego state utah game he'll be broadcasting it today there was some Ethernet snafu issues going on, and he said, I will Gronk spike this entire freaking lobby if you don't sort this stuff out. Roger and he's that. here with us. Rich, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're here this morning. Yeah, listen, you know, that is uh, that's what we're a lot of what we're gonna talk about today is overcoming and adapting when you're on uh, on the road. You know, I mean, you got a you got a tough the crowd noise. You got a tough situation, brand new atmosphere. You got to adapt, and that's exactly what happened this morning in so many ways. <laughs> Rich, where are you right now? That's are a you great like question. An undisclosed location. It's like because we can see the zoom on the other side. Obviously, the radio you know listeners can't see you, but um, it looks like you're in a classroom of some kind. It's- you find this man. It is a uh, – I'm at a Hilton Garden Inn, and I'm using their business center. They've shut down the whole business center just so we could have this show. The that is clutch. that I've gone through for the That's love clutch. of the game today is unbelievable. But we're here. We're doing it. And we got a beautiful football Saturday coming Ugh. up later on. Oh, it's so tremendous. Exciting. And I'm adapting as well, guys, because on the box of Pop-Tarts, of course, it shows frosted Pop-Tarts when you opened it up. Unfrosted. No frosting. Oh, man. You got to be kidding me. You might as yeah. well just return wow. the box. I, yeah, exactly. Now, I don't, I don't want to just uh, willy-nilly just institute rules here on the show. So I just thought I would I'd leave it up to you guys. But I would like to, uh, I'd like to file a motion, if you will, yeah. or a suggestion. Uh, words that are banned on today's show, okay? Mm. Uh, noter. Uh, <laughs> let's go with dame. Let's go with anything with fighting. Because of the fighting Irish, anything green, anything with leprechauns, until that team in South Bend wins a freaking game. What do you guys think about that? Wow. What about Iowa? Yeah, what Hawkeyes. about Iowa? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. They could be on the table, too. Never heard as well. of them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, but that's a good place to start before we dive into all the matchups today. If you look back to last week, it was Shocker City. We had so many upsets, so many surprises. Notre Dame losing to Marshall. Alabama had a close call with Texas. Of, clo- of, course, uh, of course, what happened with A&M losing at home to Appalachian State. I-, I personally, guys, I would go with Nebraska. And this is a little bit of cheating. It's not just Saturday last week with them losing to Georgia Southern, who was 3-9 and nine last year. And Nebraska was favored by about 24 points. I think it's the whole thing. Scott Frost gets fired. They could have waited three weeks later and saved $7.5 million. They were like, 
It's too far gone. Get him out of here. The guy was only 16 and 31 overall, 5 and 22 in one possession games. I'm stunned he was that bad at Nebraska. I didn't think it would be that dire. So I would go with Nebraska as the biggest surprise. What would you guys go with? I mean, is it surprising that Scott Frost lost his job? I, I don't think so. Um, you know, is it surprising that we're seeing a new head coach uh, struggle out the gates? No. You know, talking about Notre Dame, Iowa, they've been so quirky for so long. I mean, this is a team that you could still see winning like nine games a season and maybe contending for a Big Ten championship because they're Iowa. That's what they do. You know, it's it's interesting. You look around college football and it feels like everything's a fade incomplete until we see the end of the season and we go, oh, that's how all those loose ends time tied up. But if I will say this, it is a little shocking that they waited as long as they did on Scott Frost. That's the only thing I'll say. Now, maybe it was because they felt that this contract was prohibitively expensive to get out of last year, but the stats that he came into this season with in terms of bottom line in college football, wins and losses were terrible. So it felt like the clock was already ticking loudly in the background end of last season. It's, it's shocking, frankly, that he even was given an opportunity this year. Mm. I think you covered all the, the bases of the, the shockers, but I'll add one more that maybe isn't shocking because they won the game, but I think is something to keep an eye on, and that's Alabama, who mm. don't look to be their normal self right now. And I think it's the offense, which is, again, outside the top 20 in efficiency and outside the top 35 in passing efficiency. And when you have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback – I think it's fair to say those two numbers are surprising considering the competition they faced in the opening couple of weeks of the season. So Alabama is a team that has everything in front of them to play for, unlike those other teams that you mentioned that kind of have these, you know, dings on their resume that are going to prevent them from ascending to the top. But with Alabama, the, the expectations are so high, even the slightest bit of a mishap which let's call it what it is. There were, there were a few moments in that game against Texas where you thought that they might lose. And that's surprising considering, A, they were 17-point favorites, but, B, they, they haven't had those early season slip-ups. They've had some slip-ups in, in you know, the SEC schedule when they have to go on the road or have to face one of those teams that really compete. But in the, in the non-conference schedule, they've been so dominant. So I think the fact that they are showing a little weakness at this stage, and it's their offense, their wide receiver group, maybe not as talented as years past. I think that's something to keep an eye on as we now get into a very difficult part of their schedule. Not today, but you know, down the road uh, when they have to face those tough SEC teams, especially on the road. You know what's funny, guys, is we had a question last week. Who wins by more? Would it be Alabama or Notre Dame last week? Oh, and in the early window, Bama wins by one point. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd be sick. I texted you guys. I'd be sick if that turns out to be the bigger margin of victory. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, my gosh. You can't, there can't be a bigger margin of victory. That's, that's, the, so that's, that's you, a penny. Brian. Yeah. Oh, you Brian, can't I'm win sorry, by man. half points. You know, no, it's uh, no. unfortunate. Yeah, they, they had to lose if the pre premonition came true. <laughs> yeah. And so they they did. And so Just they crazy, did. man. Absolutely crazy. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Okay, if we dive into a couple of the big matchups today, ranked versus ranked, we've got two such games today. The first one, BYU, number 12 in the country, fresh off that win at home against Baylor. Crazy game last week. No one wanted to make a field goal. It was kind of like 
Steelers-Bengals or something like that. But BYU prevailed last week. Oregon, back in the rankings, after getting shellacked 49-3 in the opener against Georgia. Oregon is number 25. And the first thing I think, guys, in this matchup, if you look at Chase Roberts, the wide receiver last week against Baylor, eight catches for a buck 22 and a touchdown, also had a touchdown throw. There was so much talk leading up to that game last week against Baylor of, hey, their top two wide receivers are out. And it's just a reminder, as football always does, it taps you on the shoulder and it's like, hey, just a reminder, backups aren't automatically bad. You know, now I don't know if Chase Roberts can get it done to the same tune today against Oregon's defense, but it is a reminder that backups aren't necessarily worse, especially in a small sample size. And Chase Roberts was very good last week. Yeah, look, um, last season BYU went five and zero against the Pac-12. Um, you know, so I, I I don't know. I loved every minute of it because. You know, the, the, the Cougars, they're still not really popular around that league, you know, and you look at the opportunity in front of them. I mean, Oregon's beaten 29 of their non-conference visitors, um, and, and it feels like maybe this is one of those prove-it moments for BYU, but I, I, I don't know. I like, I like this matchup. I like BYU in this game. And to your point, yeah, the, the whole story about backups is they're just waiting to be starters in college football. You never know who's on your bench until that depth gets tested. And like we've seen many times, quarterback gets knocked out of the game, backup all of a sudden wins the job. It happens all the time, especially at the college level. So I'm very excited to see this matchup play out in Eugene. Yeah, if they win this one tonight, they might actually pop some alcoholic beverages in Provo, not just the non-alcoholic, which is so. All right, the near uh, beer, yeah, oh, duels, right? I've never had one of those before. I don't even know if they're any good. Um, so there's a history lesson here. The last time BYU went to Austin was 1990. I was four years old. Rich also, I believe, was four. Um, the Cougars actually got upset in that game as a top ten team. That was Ty Detmer's Heisman year. So, again, what does that have to do with this game? Absolutely nothing. But just, you know, it's been a while since BYU's made this trip. And these are two of the more successful programs in the Pacific time zone over the last, you know, quarter century or so. Um, Oregon's got that 20-game home winning streak. They are very good at Autzen Stadium. That's all well and good. My job is to, you know, analyze the market in the gambling world. Well, the market is telling me that Oregon might be the sharper side here, and here's why. When I look at line analysis and I try to see, okay, where is the smart money flowing? Those guys, they're not right all the time, but they tend to be right more often than not. Well, what have we seen so far? BYU's looked fantastic. They beat a ranked team, Baylor, last week. That game was just a boatload of fun. Georgia had their one marquee, or Oregon had their one marquee spotlight game against Georgia and got absolutely blasted. But this line has been kind of stuck in the mud at three and a half, four, the entire preseason and now week one and then week two. And what have we seen with a lot of these lines, especially the look-ahead lines from the summer, when we get one data point that's really positive for one team and one data point that's really negative for the other team, a la the Iowa-Iowa State game last week, it moves a significant direction in one way or the other. Well, this line hasn't moved. And it tells me that they, the, the sports books and the smart money is not really willing to buy BYU at that very important price of three and a half right now. And that tells me that Oregon might be the better team. We can get into the matchups and all those things a little later in the show if you want. I do kind of like Oregon in this spot. But I, I feel like the market is telling me that the Ducks might be the right side here. 
I do like that uh, the Ducks, we all know about their uniforms. They're eclectic and all that. I love the name of their uniforms today. Nightmare Green. Oh, They're wow. rocking the Nightmare Green. I don't know if I like that, Brian. <laughs> you don't like Nightmare Green? Well, I, I think it serious? depends. I think it depends on the context of night. I mean, are we going to have a nightmare after we ah, sure. win or lose this bet? Right. Pre- preferably win, but. You're hoping to be a nightmare for the opponent, not yourself. That's, as or they the were in week one, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point well, by you right there. We'll also get to the other ranked versus ranked matchup here coming up in a little bit. Uh, Texas A&M hosting Miami. A&M, after losing to App State, they are still ranked, and they made a quarterback change, so we'll get all into that. Be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the Daily Lions Boost, or the Cash Out feature. And new users, you can use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. All right, we're off and running here. We are off and running. We'll get to ranked versus ranked Miami, the U, against A&M. We will also get to some trends to be aware of today. There's one that blew me away, guys. It's a really good team that stinks in September, just brutal in September. So that is on the way. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Hornberger, and Jared Smith. Ah, yes. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code Countdown in the Bet MGM app. Hit it for us, Iowa Sam. Oh, yeah. Let's get trendy. Oh, as if. Love it. Love it. Let's get trendy here. By the way, fun fact about Iowa Sam. Did you guys know this? He was a legit small-scale organic farmer for almost a decade after graduation. Our technical producer, <laughs> Iowa Sam, growing everything it's from true. A to Z. Wow. True what did you? Right what now. was your favorite crop? Oh, boy. I love growing peas. They're kind of hard to so pick, random. but they're, they're they look cool. They have cool little flowers. They yeah. definitely enjoy growing peas. And Good. that's enough about me. Good. <laughs> Good. That's great. Good. All right, as we, we get trendy over here, yeah, let's grow let's some cash. Straight cash. Oh, yeah, baby. let's grow some cash. I like that. Let's <laughs> grow stacks of cash. Um, yeah, as we get trendy, some trends to get you ready for the uh, the, the week three action here. Uh, today there's one I've got my eye on guys Louisiana Tech at Clemson Clemson is favored by 33 and a half at BetMGM get this since the start of the 2020 season so we're not going in the hot tub time machine to the 70s or anything this is since the start of the 2020 season Clemson is one in seven against the spread in September they can't get out of their own way in September that shocks me yeah, that is pretty shocking. The one that I like today, and it really doesn't have a profound impact on, you know, when I look at this trend, I'm not running to the window. But I do find it interesting to see how teams do the week after, the first game after a head coach departure. And I don't want to use firing because not all of these teams last season fired their head coach. A few of them were mutual. Um, but 
there were 12 schools last year that departed with their head coach in season. The following game, of course, we're you know prefacing this Nebraska game today against Oklahoma. The following game, those teams went four and eight straight up and six and six against the spread. Not again, not a definable trend. The sample size is incredibly small, but you would think most of those teams are bottom feeder type teams because you don't fire your head coach midseason unless something has gone terribly wrong. So the fact that there are four outright wins in the bunch tells me that there's probably some upsets brewing. Um, when those took place. So, again, not a huge definable trend, but I'm fascinated to see how teams perform in that first game after a head coach departure in season. Yeah, the trend I'm I'm high on, and I was reading about this earlier this morning, is between Georgia and South Carolina, the road team in that matchup has covered the last six meetings, which bodes awfully well for Georgia – who's heading to South Carolina and favored by almost 25 points last I checked. So, yeah, that that feels like it's a great possibility. Georgia, you know, how they've opened the season, the way it's gone the last couple times, or I should say the last handful or better times that these two teams have met, it feels like this is a spot where I give the edge to Georgia. Yeah, interesting right there, Rich, where – And Georgia also, under Kirby Smart, when they're favored by 20 or more, bad record against the spread, only 11 and 18. Interesting. Mm. So, little oppositional uh, trends there. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And in your game a little bit later today, Rich, you're over there in Salt Lake City for San Diego State against number 14, Utah. Utah's favored by 21 at BetMGM. How about this? So Utah, 2-11 against the spread in the month of September. Now that's over the course of the last five seasons. Mm. But on the other side, San Diego State, good against the, against the uh, spread. 5-1 and one in their last six games against ranked opponents. So you've got Utah bad in September ATS. San Diego State, good ATS against ranked opponents. Something yeah, to keep in the back of your mind. Maybe you throw that completely out the window after they got rolled by Arizona to start off the season, San Diego <laughs> State. But something to keep in mind today, I think. Yeah, that was definitely one of those whoa moments for a lot of people who have been following San Diego State football because they've been so dominant against Pac-12 opponents recently that that the last 10 meetings they've won seven of them. You know, so it, it, it felt like, especially against an Arizona team on debut day out there at Snapdragon Stadium, it would have a different result. But, yeah, look out. I mean, especially with large point spreads against them, the Aztecs just don't get a a lot of love from Vegas, but it feels like oftentimes people go to the books against them. They get get sorted out. So I I don't know where I would put the edge because this is obviously a very different Utah team than last year. It's a very different Aztecs team than last year. But that's just something to, to keep it trendy with. Utah yeah. left out some frustrations last week in that game against Southern Utah from oh, the Florida. Yeah. It was a 73-3 to or some <laughs> absurd score like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Utah continued to, uh, to, to flex their muscle because they have a lot to prove. I, I mean, they were, what, one fluky play away. If they would have scored on one of those goal line possessions against Florida, they'd probably win that game. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of upside with this Utah team, and they, they showed it last week. But that's a big number, Rich. 21 that's against huge. the good San Diego State team. Again, we'll, we'll see how good they are today. Um, that's a monster number. You know, Jared, you mentioning having something to prove. 
The Texas A&M Aggies would fall in that category as well after the loss to App State last week. They make a quarterback change. They've gone from Hayes, Haynes King, who got off to a rough, rough start. He had the lowest QBR, which was 33 in the SEC. Ugh. So they make a change. They go to Max Johnson, Brad Johnson's son. Remember the old NFL quarterback? But Max Johnson gets the start today for Texas A&M as they host Miami. It's a monster matchup. I don't know about you guys. I just get the feeling this would be such a college football thing where at the end of the game you say, wait a minute, A&M lost to App State, and then they turn around and beat number 13 Miami, and you would say, eh, it's college football, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if that happens today at all. It's so weird, though, right, because you think about Miami. I mean, they're basically untested at 13. Yeah, they're 2-0, and but a victory against an SEC – team a, a victory against texas a&m would would i mean this this would be like accelerator down like mario cristobal and this hurricanes team would all of a sudden just be vaulted into the national conversation and then you look on the other side of the coin with a&m coming off of a miserable loss to app state where they were the the time of possession is where you want to look at the 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 appalachian state uh offense held the ball ball for 41 and a half minutes during that game wow that was Crazy. outrageous outrageous I, I mean so i'm not saying can that can lightning strike twice i doubtful but can it yeah sure and if this happens i mean all of a sudden we're going to start having conversations about jimbo fisher you know what's his record sit at well, i'm i'm pulling it up right now Thir- 35 and 15 at a&m people get restless at these big schools especially in the sec especially with arkansas and alabama coming up quickly mm. on the docket if yeah. you like offense, I wouldn't watch that Miami-Texas game. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, so the total opened at like 48-ish, and it dropped just like a rock down to 44.5. And, um, and it, it makes sense when you talk about where these teams are. I think we haven't seen really anything from the Miami offense. It was about as vanilla as uh, Brian's Pop-Tarts were this morning. And I think that makes sense because they played Southern Miss and Bethune-Cookman in their first two games. Offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis comes over from Michigan. And I understand, like, if if I'm Josh Gaddis and I'm playing Bethune-Cookman and Southern Miss before a road game against Texas A&M, I'm not opening up the playbook a whole lot either. But that being said, it's a new offense and a very young quarterback that doesn't have a ton of experience against really good defenses. So I'm trying to maybe also, on the other hand, give him as many live game reps as possible before having to go into College Station and face arguably one of the best defensive lines in the country. So I'm fascinated to see how Tyler Van Dyke and this Miami offense kind of handles their business. There's a little bit of a intangible happening with this game. So I don't know if you guys heard about this. Five-star running back Ruben Owens was supposed to visit Texas A&M this weekend. Big weekend, recruiting weekend, ranked versus ranked, all the pomp and circumstance. Well, after they lost to Appalachian State, Mr. Owens posted on his Instagram, I'm not going. So there's a little bit of fire underneath Jimbo and that, you know, very vaunted Texas A&M, very talented team that usually gets these five-star recruits. They kind of got shunned by one, and there's no, you know, no one. What, what's the what's the saying about a lover's scorn and all that stuff? So that, I don't know. I think there's going to be a little extra juice on the sidelines for the Aggies today. Very interesting. And Jared, you talk about opening up the playbook. That's something we have to do on the show right here. Ooh. We got to open it up and invite in Isaac Lowenkron to give us the latest. What is going on, Ilo? 
Good morning, fellas, and don't want to leave it in the studio because you never know when Belichick might be sweeping in. Just, just saying. Allegedly, allegedly. Rumors, allegedly. I don't know that. I know you don't. We started college football on Friday night. Break up the Florida State Seminoles. They improved to 3-0 and with a 35-31 victory at Louisville behind backup quarterback Tate Rodmaker. After starter Jordan Travis left the game with an injury, receiver Johnny Wilson caught seven for 149 and two touchdowns, including the game winner in the fourth quarter. Baseball Friday night, the Houston Astros clinched a playoff berth with a 5-0 win over Oakland. Jordan Alvarez, three home runs, all of them over 430 feet. Justin Verlander, the wind improved to 17-3. and Yeah, I'll say. Albert Pools, meanwhile, how about a number for him? 698, the six, two away from 700 in his career now as he homered in the Cardinals' 6-5 win over the Cincinnati Reds. Brewers over the Yankees in dramatic fashion, 7-6. Garrett Mitchell, the game-winning RBI single in the bottom of the ninth inning. Dodgers pitcher Dustin May had a no-hitter going through five innings in their 5-0 win at San Francisco. The Padres' Brandon Drury, two home runs in their 12-3 victory at Arizona. And Mike Trout homered for the eighth time in 10 games as his Angels defeated the Seattle Mariners 8-7. So Trout hits a home run, and they actually win. Back to you. That's weird. How, how did that happen? Normally they lose 8-3. to three It was an oversight <laughs> on their part. Yeah. It's, it's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM rewards points. And those points can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens. You can also convert them to BetMGM rewards points that can be used towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts. I'm Brian No. He's Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. We also have lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com, Jared Smith. And we got to get into this. Hit it, Iowa. Let's go! SEC matchup of the day. Okay, so we've got number one, Georgia. They go to the top of the rankings at South Carolina. Georgia, a healthy favorite, favored by 24 on the road at BetMGM. And I don't know about you guys. I was thinking about this. The quarterback matchup is very interesting to me. On one side, you've got Stetson Bennett from Georgia, who's been really good to start the year. He was outstanding against Oregon. He was good last week in a you know uh, an FCS game, but threw for a hunt for 300 yards. I think of Stetson Bennett like Alex Smith, and I think most people think of Stetson Bennett like Alex Smith, the old NFL quarterback, where. It's all about Stetson Bennett's lack of ceiling. Same with Alex Smith. It's like, ah, he's limited. Ah, yeah, That's always how he's looked at. We gloss over the floor. I would say the floor is important, you know? Oh, yeah. And if you look at the other side, Spencer Rattler, it's the opposite. It's the yin and the yang over here because when Spencer Rattler was at Oklahoma, it was all about the ceiling. Heisman favorite. Favorite to be the number one overall pick. It was all ceiling, ceiling, ceiling. And the floor was a lot lower than we thought it was. And so he's now with South Carolina. He left after Caleb Williams took over last year. And now we've got Spencer Rattler of South Carolina hosting Stetson Bennett and the Georgia Bulldogs. I think the quarterback matchup is fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And and I'll give edge to Stetson Bennett because of some of the key losses that South Carolina have suffered defensively from last week's game against Arkansas. 
Uh, they're they're missing a starting linebacker, a starting defensive end. Uh, they're missing three, no, two defensive backs, and then another defensive tackle. Potentially missing them. Uh, they're on the questionable list heading into the game. So you're talking about a high floor for Bennett, and you're talking about a Gamecocks defense that needs to get healthy in a hurry here. So we could see a situation where the Bulldogs, even if they want to play possession game, where they're, they're just trying to hammer the ball, running the football, and then loosen it up for the passing game if needed. It feels like one of those games where Bennett, even if he is considered one of those game manager type quarterbacks, could really shine in a moment where the Bulldogs have a huge target on their backs. Yeah, there's a few things to like about, about Georgia's offense. But there's a few things that I can poke holes in. They haven't run the ball that well, and that's surprising. I mean, they're 10th in the SEC in rush yards per game despite facing two. And again, Oregon, I don't want to call them a subpar opponent, but they certainly look subpar in the final score. And then Sanford obviously doesn't quite have the horses to keep up. But Georgia's still 79-3 to scoring margin, and Stetson Bennett's completing 75% of his passes with five touchdowns in two games. So there's a lot to like about the Bulldogs. And I think the gap between these two quarterbacks in terms of how they're being graded is <laughs> it's wide. Uh, Stetson Bennett right now out of 200, or excuse me, Spencer Rattler, out of 261 quarterbacks that are, you know, official, that have enough reps to be graded in college football, according to Pro Football Focus, he's 242 out of 261. Wow. So, again, <laughs> this is a guy you mentioned. The ceiling is the roof, right? Well, it's been pretty low for uh, uh, Mr. Rattler so far. Wow, that's that's mind blowing right there, and uh, I'm really interested to see what Spencer Rattler can do. This is, and I'm not calling my shot Babe Ruth style here, but this is a respect opportunity for Spencer Rattler. Sure, going up against this Georgia defense, if he did something that caught attention, you know, I, if they pulled off the upset, that would be amazing for them. But if he has a big game. I think he can earn a lot of respect. I think it would probably take a win for him to actually get respect. If he threw for three touchdowns, had a great passing line, but they lose by 17 points, I don't even think that earns him the respect because it was such a fall from grace in terms of what the expectations were, what the results were. I think it would take an outright win for Spencer Rattler to get a lot of props today. I'm a little bit... Upset with South Carolina, even though it's not their fault at all. I was late. It was one of my picks last week. I had Arkansas. I laid the points against South Carolina, and that hit. But I forgot to enter the bet before the game, so I got in (laughs) on an in-game bet. And I needed a score at the very end. It was sort of like the movie Wayne's World, yeah, where where Wayne's like, wait a minute. No, right? I was going to lose, <laughs> and I needed a score. I needed a, a defensive score in the final seconds by Arkansas. They had a scoop and score. Oh, my god! They scored gosh. a touchdown. I'm going to cover Wait, you my covered, bet. You awesome. covered a number. I thought that didn't affect the point spread. It didn't. No. But you covered a number on that on that play? I would have, You sh- oh, but okay. when the guy picked up the ball, his knee was down. <laughs> oh, my oh. goodness. Didn't oh count. Oh, my goodness. I lose on that. Ryan's in gambling timeout for the next <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes oh, after that I've had Submit such... your slips, everybody. <laughs> oh, I've had some brutal losses over the years. That is I, tough. I swear, my list of are you serious losses, and yeah. I've had some wins along the way, but you remember Vic and Weary? He was a Cal running back. 
No. I had Cal Texas the over in the second half years ago. Yeah, he yeah. had a breakaway this. touchdown. He was going for like sixty yards. He dropped the ball before he crossed the goal line <laughs> with serious? no one around. That's him. why he remembers it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, for a, a really smart professional gambler once told me that the more bad beats you have, the better you are at gambling because you're you're around the number more. So it's actually a, a compliment. When you continuously get your heart ripped out, <laughs> <laughs> you just got to be able to come back and just keep taking back. that punch to the face. And that's it's, our Brian. That's that is it, the man. ultimate silver lining. <laughs> there. I love that you just said that. I feel so uh, much better, feel Jared. Better that there, is but. great. Hey, by the way, about two hours and 20 minutes until kickoff. We're getting you all set for it. Coming up next, what's better than winning one bet? Well, it's winning multiple bets at the same time. We'll get to the parlay platter right around the corner. Hang with us. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM. Smells like ball. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, yes, it is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. You know what time it is, fellas. It is time to eat. Check this out. Parlay Platter. Ah, yes, the Parlay Platter. It's brought to you by BetMGM. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, the king of parlays. Okay, Jared Smith, you've been in the lab. You've been cooking it up. You've got the smoke (laughs) rising, the Bunsen burner, all this stuff. Uh, what have you cooked up for us? Sprinkle some parlay goodness on all of us here. Well, well first things first, 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 I have I to, have uh, to uh, you know, uh, mea culpa. It's been a rough been a couple of weeks for the parlay platter. Six total bets, three in each parlay, and we're one in five so far. So there's nowhere to go but up. So what do we do? We go on a diet to try to recalibrate things. So I'm curious to see if we can do a little bit of maybe orange juice to start the parlay platter. Oh, How about this? The Syracuse Orange. They're a very small. And we're going to go a little different today. Instead of doing money lines, we're going to do some sides and totals. Yummy. And we're going to do the Orange laying a point and a half at home against Purdue. Garrett Trader's been fantastic so far, grading out as a top five quarterback through his first two games. Syracuse is 2-0 and against the number. If they win this game, they have a relatively easy road to get to 5-0. and Pretty impressive stuff from the Syracuse team so far. They've got two decent weapons at wide receiver, Courtney Jackson on the outside. And they've also got... Aronde Gadsden II, the son of the great Aronde wow. Gadsden, who played for the Miami Dolphins all those Shout years. Out. And the Orange Fins are a very interesting right team. Yes. Why is that? The only team in the FBS that has converted on all of their red zone chances. And they haven't given up a score in the red zone just yet. All three touchdowns they've allowed have come from outside the 20-yard line. So a stiff orange, maybe a bit of a mimosa this morning. And listen, Iowa transfer Charlie Jones for Purdue. How about this, guys? I I had to throw this in there just for our buddy Iowa Sam. Iowa transfer Charlie Jones has more receiving yards, 286, than the entire Iowa team. 
You know, I'm we'll aware see what that this. means today uh, <laughs> I'm against the Syracuse defense. <laughs> Thank but, you for throwing um, in my face. Yeah, you know, I had to just drop that in there. So we're laying a point and a half with Syracuse. I like North Texas today against UNLV. How about North Texas's quarterback, Austin Awney? He is the oldest quarterback in FBS history. He is 29 years young. Of course, you remember Brandon Whedon back in the Oklahoma State days was 28. This kid played high school football in 2011. Committed to TCU, drafted by the Yankees, spent six years in the minors. He was two lockers down from Aaron Judge. Hopefully he's wafting some of that MVP glow onto him today. Um, and this is a really good mean green passing offense, top 30 in passing efficiency. They're going to face a UNLV defense today outside the top 75 in passing defense. And this Rebels team a little bit undisciplined, hence their name. Ninth most penalty yards per game in the FBS this year, and they're just 18-30 and 30 against the number as a favorite since 2005. They are favored at home today at Allegiant Stadium, but I think UNLV uh, does not cover. We'll take North Texas plus two and a half, sprinkle it in the parlay, and we're betting the total. We've never put a total in the parlay before, but you know what? We haven't hit a parlay yet, so we have to switch up our strategy. We're going to go with the late night over. Everyone loves points late, right? Fresno State, USC, over 73. This nice. one's... I think going to be a barn burner, guys. It's Both teams inside the top 30 in offensive efficiency. USC's been fantastic, and I'll be honest, their defense hasn't looked fantastic. Fresno State, keep an eye on this Fresno State offense. They can move the football, and I think USC is going to struggle a little bit to stop it. We'll see if the back door is open in this game. But I like points, so we'll go over 73. I'll give it to you one more time. It's a pretty juicy parlay for you today. Syracuse minus 1.5, North Texas plus 2.5, Fresno State, USC, over 73. It's plus 631. I sprinkled a half a unit. Um, we'll just a little hopefully sprinkle. get off the schneid today. Sprinkle, yeah, sprinkle. Just a little you sprinkle. sprinkle. No sprinkle. Yeah. I do like, Jared, that you're not trying to – it's not like plus 210, you know? No. You're no. over plus 600 here. Yeah, we're giving you a little yes. bit of uh, juice to play with this morning. Right? Yeah, Just be bold. Yeah. You're not trying to shoehorn a win in here. You're no. still being bold. I like that. I Very like that fun, Syracuse buddy. game. I have my eyes on that, too. Maybe coming up in a rapid oh. fire round. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Those defenses on both sides, the Orange Stop and that Boilermakers crew, I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at that point total, and I'm feeling like it's going to come in under. I. You, well, we'll get to that, though. We'll get okay. to that. I'm looking at Fresno State possibly plus the points today. I know USC's offense has been Ugh. fantastic, but their defense. We should have covered you know? Stanford last week. I was They, they turned it over twice inside the five. That was, yeah. that was upsetting. Yeah, yeah. that should have been covered. Mm. Very upsetting. And Fresno State, they've played the big boys pretty tough yeah. here. They've covered in each of their last seven games against ranked opponents. So 12-and-a-half-point dog at BetMGM. Eh, Fresno State, right of the valley. They might rise up and keep it within 12 here tonight. Mm. Yeah, and that's, that is one of those prideful games for the Bulldogs unit. Like, just knowing the Mountain West, that conference, really well. I've called a lot of games in that conference. A lot of those Fresno State kids, they're the guys who wanted to go to USC, but <laughs> they were told they couldn't. Right? You know, they were given they were given the 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 school the, the school sent them mail. Uh, the school even brought them in for unofficial visits, and they you know they wined and dined them a little bit. They brought them to games, and then once it came down to the nitty gritty, they were like, 
yeah, we're sorry. We'll pass. And so mm. a lot of these kids go out on the field, and they want to get this win. So I agree with you. Fresno State always plays the big boys tough, but especially, especially SC. Yeah. It's a great that line's point, coming right? down a little bit, too. It's moved a little bit towards Fresno this morning, 12 and a half. I'm seeing some 11s now pop up. So there you go. The public sentiment agrees with Mr. Ornberger on that one. Now, we got to get to this at the top of the hour. Speaking of whining and dining, holy cow. The Texas Longhorns oh spared no expense when they were whining and dining Arch Manning and his family as, long as, as well as the families of other recruits. We will get to that. Also, you'll hear sound from some of the biggest names in college football. Nick Saban, Lincoln Riley, another mystery name in the SEC perhaps. We'll get to the top matchups right around the corner. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, can you smell the barbecue in the air? I can smell ball. It is in the air all around us here as we are less than two hours away from kickoff here. Jared Smith. Our lead betting analyst, he's over there at PicksWise.com as well. Also, Penn State All-American Rich Ornberger, who was running the streets literally of Salt Lake City last night trying to find an Ethernet connection. What happened with you last night, Rich? Oh, my gosh. Guys, I'm so glad to be here. I Me mean, too. And, and really, this is for the love of the show and for that reason only that I've made it to the airwaves this morning because the hotel I'm staying at, uh, leading up to the game I'm calling later tonight, Utes hosting the Aztecs. We got the Utah team who's rolling off a tough loss in their opener on the road, uh, hosting an Aztecs team who needs a big win in their non-conference schedule. I'm excited for that game. I was excited to just wake up and leisurely connect myself and get all started with you guys. <laughs> and there wasn't an Ethernet cord in the place. So I spent the morning literally going from hosting Hotel to hotel to hotel in search of connection. And finally, finally I found Providence. Finally I found Paradise. And I was able to get myself set up and settled in. And so I'm coming to you live from a business center at a hotel uh, at a Hilton Garden Inn somewhere in Salt Lake City. And I'm just happy I'm here with you. Okay, Dedication. <laughs> that is the all-American way. Do it Penn not. State way That's is right. to make it happen by any means necessary. Yeah, this is determination. All of the things they're in that are in the Penn State fight song and the uh, you know that song that we like to sing at the end of the game. I mean, it's just it's it's a, you're you're an inspiration to us. I, I thank you. I'd rather be tailgating. To be perfectly <laughs> honest with you, I wish I wish I could be enjoying some of that barbecue that Brian was talking. But there's plenty of time for that. There's plenty of time for that. Amen mm. for that. Now, um, I'm sure there's a smooth transition, but I cannot figure out one for the life of me. Right? But uh, <laughs> catering. Maybe, maybe catering to your needs, if you will. I don't know. But how about the story with Texas? The Texas Longhorns, they spared no expense. They were whining and dining Arch Manning, the number one prospect in all the land, and they landed that quarterback. But they have run up quite the tab where they were having Arch Manning in for an official recruiting visit as well as his family, also the families of other recruits. So they ran up for a weekend when they're whining and dining Arch Manning and other recruits, $280,000 for just one weekend. 
and that includes buffets. They're very fond of the buffets over here. Just a, a quick thing, a dinner buffet cost Texas a little over 29 grand. <laughs> Where was this buffet? Yeah. Is this like a caviar and, and, and Don Perignon buffet? Uh, you would think it was at the stadium, and it included oh, flatware rental, drinks, and an ice sculpture. Sounds you like know, a wedding. Ice sculpture is a little pricey <laughs> these days. But I look at this, and it's going to catch headlines. $280,000. They spent over $600,000 on recruit visits in the month of June. And it's like, holy cow. Yeah, they could probably downsize a little bit or a lot. But they landed Arch Manning. This is just the cost of doing business. And they are coming up far on the winning side for having landed this guy compared to the tab it costs them to wine and dine these players. This is just the cost of doing big boy business. It's the way it, it goes. Is. It is. And and you know what? It's been happening for a long time. Because I can tell you right now, I've been on recruiting visits, and there were ice sculptures at those recruiting visits. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there were delicious buffets with Chateaubriands and you know things that other things I can't pronounce well. It, delicious appetizers and mains and coursed meals and sushi. And you, you go to the, some of these schools, especially around the, around the Midwest, you say, where's the ocean? You must have spent extra for the fresh fish. It's, it's, it's ridiculous how much money is spent. What's different today versus then, because when I was recruited, I was coming out of high school in 2004, is the transparency that the internet offers mm. us. Like back then, I mean, Facebook was in its infancy. It was just starting. You know, Twitter wasn't even a thing. It was just a, you know, it was a, a little sparkle in, in somebody's eye. It was an idea maybe that was starting to come to fruition. But social media has changed everything where you can't keep secrets anymore. And to be perfectly honest with you, I almost feel like if this story was leaked, it may have been leaked by Texas or by uh, Texas alumni to say, hey, y'all, check us out. <laughs> this is how we treat our recruits when they come to town. You think we're all about barbecue? No, no, no. We can spend some real money and we can en- have your families enjoy themselves real nice. Like, y'all hear that? You know, so I have a feeling that, yeah, it seems like, oh, the, you know, this is negative. There's no such thing as bad press anymore. All press is good press, and especially when it comes spending money on the business model, which is we need to get a fresh crop of recruits in the door every single year, and the Longhorns are going to spend any dollar amount possible to do so. Rich is 100% right. This was absolutely leaked by Texas, Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think it's going to be at like a race to the top. How much can we spend? And because there's this now opening of the legality of it because of the NIL deals, there, there really is no ceiling for this. Because let's be honest, these teams and these programs, they print money. Texas has their own television network, for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. So there, there really is no uh, ceiling for this. Because I, I think, unfortunately, the era that we live in is that wow era, where in order to keep getting these guys, you have to keep raising the bar. It's like inflation, but in the recruiting world. It's just, it is not going to go down. It is only going to go up. And I think there is a sense of pride for some of these schools because of how much they are able to spend because of how big the budgets are these days. I mean, these are, let, let's be honest, college football is big business. 
gone are the days of Rich getting taken to G-Man for pokey sticks for his recruiting. <laughs> like, like that's not happening anymore for non-Penn State people. That's like one of the pizza joints that's, uh, you know, very popular on campus. I don't even know if it's still around anymore. I haven't been back on campus in a long time. But my point being, there is no real limit to this because of where the sport is going and, again, the legality of what they can do now is being opened up, and I, I think you're going to keep – I think eventually you'll hear a million-dollar price tag at some point with one of these visits. Yeah, and it's funny because you, you read my mind a bit, Jared, where I think of Nick Saban, where he mentioned the NIL deal with Bryce Young last year, and he's like, a mm. million dollars? You know, he, just, he didn't just stumble onto that. That was done by design. So I think you're onto something here with – Texas is not like, oh, my gosh, they found out about our price tag over here. They found out about our bill and our, our spending uh, behavior. They're fine with that. They're absolutely fine with that. Okay, let's go with uh, some coach sound over here. Nick Saban, he was talking about the close win last week against Texas. Alabama was a healthy favorite, and they barely squeaked by 20-19. to 19. Here's what the coach had to say. I think there's a lot to learn you know, from this last game. I think, number one, it's not just about playing hard. I think our guys played hard in the game. But it's also about playing smart. What does it mean to be favored by 21 points? I guess it doesn't mean anything. And that's why we have to play the games. So it's important for players to learn that they have to focus and prepare for every team and every opponent so that they can go out there and play to the best of their ability. Because sometimes, even when you win, you can lose. I love I, Nick Saban just sounds like a parent that is telling his kids, like, I've told you a million times, look both ways before you cross the street. It's kind of important. Why are you tuning me out over here? He just sounds like he's trying to preach the same message every single year. I get it. It's an important message, but yeah, sometimes it's hard to get through to young college kids that we, it doesn't matter how much you're favored by. You got to show up and take care of business. And they barely did last week. And you're locked in this loop forever if you're a college football coach because the turnover is so frequent, especially when you're coaching in the SEC, especially when you're coaching at Alabama, because maybe you get these guys for two years instead of the full four years like other programs get because they're so talented. They want to move on to professional football, their first-round draft picks, their second-round draft picks, and away they go. You're off coaching the next young class how to win at this level. And he's absolutely right. You cannot look at point spreads if you're a football team and assume you can roll your helmets out there and win these games because it's quirky. Guys have bad nights. And, and the inconsistencies of college football are so rife throughout the sport. What you're paying for as a professional athlete is consistency. You know, the, you, that's the reason why you see less turnovers at the NFL level, uh, shorter margins, uh, less mental errors. You know, guys are just honing a craft for years and years and years. Some of these guys are 10-year pros. You don't get that in college football. Some of these guys, their first year playing football was their freshman year of high school, and you're depending them on huge games against the Longhorns out there in Austin, UT, with Matthew McConaughey on the sideline, and it's their fifth year of ball. So you've got to be like a parent and continue to hammer into our heads we cannot take any game for granted i was completely wrong by the way it's gumby's not g-man pokey oh Gumby's. i'm gonna get oh my, my penn state Dude, card taken it away what's happening they're gonna they're gonna take away my nittany line card all right <laughs> so we, so we get so 
that soundbite is fascinating for two reasons. First of all, it, I, I just love how Nick Saban can turn a phrase. I mean, it's just the, the best coaches are just so good at making you believe something and then immediately pulling it away and then pulling you into another direction. But the fact that he's referencing the point spread directly yeah. tells me two things. One, they are aware every week how many points they are favored or not favored by uh, uses motivation tool. Secondly, I'm not betting any big point spreads with Alabama to lay it this year because I just they're they've got something about this offense this year where it's not as explosive as it's been in years past. And I think Nick knows that. I think Nick understands that this is not an offense like last year with a Heisman Trophy candidate wide receiver. They've had six first-round wide receivers over the last few seasons, two of them last year. So I, I, I think Nick understands that this is a different team than in years past, and he's doing his best to get ahead of the message by tempering those expectations. I don't think this is an Alabama team that's going to blow everybody out that they face in the SEC. I have a feeling there are going to be some very tight, nail-biter type of games. Now, the difference is Bryce Young's a year older with a year of experience and that chip from losing in the national championship. So they have a little bit more intangibles this year than last year. But the tangibles, the talent... I know it sounds crazy, but it's not as talented of a, especially offense, as we've seen in years past recent history. So I think Nick Coach Saban understands that, and he's trying to kind of get ahead of that message by telling people, listen, we understand what the point spread is. We don't care. All we care about is a win. That's not good for gamblers when they're trying to lay big numbers, but when it comes to the national championship odds, when it comes to Alabama's end goal, I think he has them on a very positive track. No, I think you're onto something right there for sure. Hey, every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens. They can also be converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. Okay, coming up this hour, you'll hear from Lincoln Riley over at USC. You'll hear from Sam Pittman, some interesting comments he made over at Arkansas. And we will also unveil this situational handicapping, huh? We call it the Situation Room. We will take you there next. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Hornberger, and Jared Smith. Ah, welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. New feature, let's do it. Be prepared for any situation that may arise. The Situation Room. Okay, the Situation Room. Jared Smith, you're in the lab. You're cooking stuff up. You're looking to take advantage of teams in certain spots of their season. And you've got a sandwich game that you've got your eye on here. Yeah, I want to hear it this morning. It's actually a double sandwich game. Double? With a let. It's, well, I, hold on. Let me rephrase. The double letdown sandwich game. We're going to come up with fun names for all of these spots. Ooh. But uh, again, this is one of those spots that. There's two ways to handicap games. You can do it on the analytics side, break down the numbers and the matchups, and then there is a situational element to handicapping. I would like to describe my own 
style is maybe a mix of the two. But in this particular spot, we're going to focus in on those situations. So Oregon State, coming off of what is the equivalent of a walk-off win uh, against Fresno State last week, and then they blow out uh, Boise State in their opener. And their next game is against USC, which we all know, arguably the best team in the Pacific time zone right now. So they're in the middle, in between those two very exciting wins and then the big game on deck. Well, today in Portland, a neutral site, they will host Montana State. Now, of course, it's a neutral site, but in Portland, I expect it to be a very heavy Oregon State crowd. But Montana State is legit, people. They are an FCS team, one of the better FCS teams, outscoring their first two opponents 103-30. to They're going to play a two-quarterback system today. They're having some depth issues at running back, which scares me a little bit. But the two quarterbacks are legit. Tommy Malott has been fantastic so far. They've also got a Wyoming transfer, Sean Chambers, who's more of a dual threat. And this is an Oregon State offense that's going to be without one of their best players and one of the more exciting players in the country, uh, tight end Luke Musgrave, who is starting to rise the ranks of the NFL draft boards. He is out today. And again, this is a Super Bowl for Montana State. I mean, they get to face an FBS team, a Pac-12 team, a team in their region. I'm assuming there are tons of recruits that are going to be considering one or the other. Maybe not. We'll see. But when you look at Montana State, I think they have at least a chance to keep this game close. I think they've got a chance to win the game. And the line is telling you that they have a chance to win the game because an FCS team against an FBS team those spreads tend to be pretty large, but today I'm only seeing about two touchdowns. And I think Montana State, keep an eye on the Bobcats today. Mm. They are going to, I think, keep things close against Oregon State in the double letdown sandwich game in Portland today. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been let down by a sandwich in my life. Me neither. That's a very record. good point. I want to be on the record. But I will say this. There's, um, there's those games where you do – allow somebody to sneak up on you. I can't tell you how many times as a Nittany Lion, you know, we went into a game against Coastal Carolina or the Temple Owls and we allowed them to hang around for a half or maybe three quarters. And it's because, you know, you're you're getting toward the end of your non-conference scheduling. Yeah, maybe you had a big game somewhere on your non-conference schedule early in the season, but a lot of times it was these warm-up games. And, and you look past an opponent. Sometimes you start your conference schedule and then, oh, yeah, here comes, uh, I don't know, the Akron Zips. But all of a sudden, you realize you're in a war because, to, to your point, it's the Super Bowl for this team who's taking you on. They're in front of a crowd in front of Beaver Stadium. In this case, with the, the Oregon State Beavers, they got a neutral territory game against Montana State. So I'm with you here, Jared. I've seen this happen before. I live that life. I know how that feels. <laughs> and I remember, look, you know, there's, there comes a moment where you realize the team across from you has burned the ships. They are selling out for the victory, and you just got to inch your way toward and claw your way toward getting a W and surviving the day. That could be the situation here. I love that uh, sometimes I can't name the nickname of these teams, but that doesn't mean they won't cash. You know what I mean? And <laughs> That's right. I'm like, oh, Montana the Bobcats State, and the Beavers. Bobcats. Like, oh, wow, okay. I, I was thinking Grizzlies, but okay, Bobcats. <laughs> there we are. But it reminds me of last week, Jared and Rich also, where – in the top 10, only one team in the top 10 that was favored covered, and yep. that was USC. That's it. Great point. And, and that was a, a very fortunate top cover, five, to say the least. 
And, Georgia and that was, didn't cover against Samford. Clemson didn't cover yep. against Furman. These are FCS opponents. They didn't cover against them. It happens. And some of those spreads were out of control large. So you almost look at it and you say, yeah, I mean, Georgia really did ham- handle Samford. But, but I mean, they just couldn't score enough. In this game, it is a sneaky low number considering – where the Beavers are, and you know, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I had no idea where the Bobcats were. I can't point to them on a map, but that is a <laughs> sneaky low number. So I love this. The letdown said the double letdown. Double sandwich. letdown sandwich. I mean, that game last week. You, I don't know if you watched that Oregon State Fresno State. I mean, it was nuts. That game was back and forth, fourth quarter, and then Oregon State decides to go for two on that touchdown, and they walk off the win. I mean, that was a really, really exciting game, and there's really only one direction to go after you win a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, interesting. That was nuts. And shout out to Jonathan Smith mm. with the cojones at the yeah. end of that game. Oh my god! Oh yeah, getting down <laughs> to the two yard line could have kicked it. He's like, no, let's walk it off right freaking now. <laughs> <laughs> so cool, man. I love that style of play. I love being aggressive in moments because it sends such a good message yeah. to your locker room. But. You can have those super high highs, and like we know in college football, the next week you could get clubbed at the shins, and you just don't know what happened to you. <laughs> and it can honestly happen in this game. So, boy, oh boy, I cannot wait for this one. I can't. I never thought I was gonna. I would be saying this, but here on a college football Saturday, I'm saying I cannot wait to see what the Bobcats do now. <laughs> right? <laughs> Welcome to gambling. It isn't it? Yeah, yeah, everything baby. matters, no doubt. All right, coming up next, Seamus McGee from BetMGM. He joins us line movement things to look for today we want to invite in isaac lowenkron right now to spin us around the sporting landscape what is going on ilo oh sorry guys i I was on the phone i was actually calling uh texas and pretending that i was a five-star recruit (laughs) just hoping to i'd never heard of a soft pretzel bar until now there you go. I've heard of soft pretzel pretzels, but I didn't know there was an actual thing as a soft pretzel bar. What? So, oh, yeah. I think I'm going to take up ice sculpting here. I think <laughs> it's a lucrative business. It certainly is. Especially. Oh no! Yeah, absolutely. I mean, weddings. You can overcharge. Uh, you you know, there, there's some areas you know in 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 Southern California if it's an outdoor wedding in Florida if it's an outdoor wedding, but other places a little farther north. Ah yes, yeah. I'm surprised. How very, how very erudite. Surprised of you, they didn't hire Milo. a string quartet to play the fight song in the lobby uh, when they walked in. Anyway, speaking of college football, Florida State improved to three and zero with a 35-31 victory on Friday night at Louisville behind backup quarterback Tate Rodmaker. Starter Jordan Travis left the game with an injury. Receiver Johnny Wilson caught seven for 149 and two touchdowns, including the game winner. Baseball Friday night, the Astros clinched a playoff spot with a 5-0 victory over Oakland that featured three home runs by Jordan Alvarez, all over 430 feet. Justin Verlander, the win, here improved to 17-3. And the Cardinals' 6-5 victory over Cincinnati. Albert Pujols moved one step closer to the 700 club. Here was John Rooney on KMOX. A swing and a long drive. Left field. Albert Pujols just tied the game with home run 6-98. Great moment on Friday night. Great moment for the Milwaukee Brewers' Garrett Mitchell. His game-winning RBI single in the bottom of the ninth inning gave the Brewers a 7-6 triumph over the Yankees. The Padres' Brandon Drury had two home runs in their 12-3 victory at Arizona. And Mike Trout homered for the eighth time in 10 games in the Angels' 8-7 win over the Seattle Mariners. Finally, not, not so much something that I want to relate, but some information that I'm seeking. Uh, Rich, I'm looking for a, 
uh, business center update. Now, whenever I travel, and I need to use the business center, if it's a business center with only one computer station, I will very passive-aggressively stare daggers through the glass at whoever is using it. And then if they're big like you, I'll run away. But anyway, has anybody given you the evil eye? Uh, somebody looking to, you know, play computer games or looking to print right. up their boarding pass or something. I am trying my hardest not to make eye contact with anybody. <laughs> because I have a window to my left that's facing the lobby and people are starting to check in. I'm getting nervous that I'm going to be doing the show in front of a live audience here pretty soon. <laughs> Hey, you got fans everywhere, babe. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's good stuff. Thanks, Ilo. That's awesome. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Let's get into this. Follow the money. Real good money. All right, we want to welcome in Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM, joining us here on Countdown to Kickoff. Seamus, welcome in, man. I'm always fascinated by line movement. Any big lines that are moving leading up to kickoff, and we're about an hour and a half away from that happening. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Um, I think the biggest one so far this week has been in the Oklahoma-Nebraska one. Definitely the most important one I see. It's one of the bigger games on the board, one of the most bet games we've had. But this opened up almost close to two touchdowns, and it's been bet down to uh, we're sitting at 11 right now. So that's definitely one that's seeing some movement, starting to see some sharp money come in on Auburn as early as yesterday as well. Ooh, we don't like to hear that here, myself and Rich Hornberger, <laughs> Penn State alum, so we can get into that game in a second. So it, the Oklahoma game really intrigues me from a sharp money move perspective, Seamus, and maybe you can help explain this to our audience and make it a little bit more uh, you know, easily uh, digestible, but all of the money, at least from what I'm seeing, John Ewing does a fantastic job, uh, data analyst for BetMGM, telling me the most bets are on Oklahoma, the most money is on Oklahoma, but the line is moving against Oklahoma. What does that mean? Yeah, so definitely an interesting signal there. We, he's absolutely right. He, Oklahoma's been the most popular side that we've taken money on this weekend, but the money that from customers we respect a lot more is coming in on Nebraska. So certain clients are sharper than others that we have. And uh, when that money comes in a certain side, we tend to respect that money a little bit more. So th that's where uh, the sharp money is coming from, is coming on Nebraska. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we're, we're heading into week three this college football weekend. And uh, obviously this, this season started off with a bang. It's very different now than it used to be because you used to have three or four warm-up games for a lot of these big schools, and then they would launch into some of the bigger games on their schedule, conference games. But now week one, week zero, uh, we're seeing big games. Week two certainly had big games on the docket. The handle is, is the overall wagering that takes place leaning more amateur or more smart money coming in on the books early in the seasons? Because I feel like there's so much excitement leading into the college football season now that you get a lot of people just coming to the betting window who no normally don't bet because they're just interested in the action because it's been such a big start to the college football we uh, uh, season. I think that's definitely the case. I mean, you're seeing uh, like less and less. You're seeing less, you know, Georgia Samford's every week, and you know, you get right. Notre Dame, Ohio State, week one. I mean, it's great. It definitely helps the betting handle because you're right. A lot of uh, you know, recreational betters, they just want to be involved in the game. It's going to be on TV later, and they want to have some action on it. So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely 
different than the past few years, I'd say. He's Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM, joining us here on Countdown to Kickoff. How about the lines that don't move? I, mm-hmm. I know you've been doing this for a long time, Seamus, and I'm sure that you weekly will think, all right, that line's a little inflated. It's going to be bet down. Are there any lines this week that you're surprised haven't moved more than they actually have? I mean, the Penn, the Penn State-Auburn game, I mean, it's, it's only moved half a point, but I guess that, you know, there's a lot of money coming in on that game, so there's, it's going to be a pretty, you know, liquid event. But, I mean, BYU-Oregon hasn't moved, like, at all pretty much. I thought maybe there'd be something, because, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with, you know, the, the weapons on BYU's offense. Uh, yeah, a lot of these, you know, major, um, like, uh, Power 5 games, they haven't really moved all that much this week, so... Uh, that's definitely been interesting for sure, I think. Miami-Texas A&M moved, but that was just because of uh, the quarterback change, I think. Yeah, fascinating quarterback change there with Max Johnson. So one game that has moved is this Michigan State-Washington game, and the reason I want to bring this to your attention, Seamus, is because it's moved only a point or maybe a point and a half, but the point that it moved through is very impactful, going from two to three, now three and a half. Can you explain to our audience why, you know, only moving a point, maybe on paper doesn't seem like that much, but that key number of three makes it a much more impactful move? Yeah, well, it's, it's not difficult to understand. It's, you know, there's a lot of – the game's ended on uh, – final score will land on a difference of three more often than it lands on two or even one, for example. So when you go through three, you know, it's – you're not doing it on a whim. Like it's it's definitely something that we we have to be you know, aware of when we move through uh, that key number of three. When when you look at a situation, for example, like Nebraska, they just lose their head coach. Is there any number affiliated with the team losing a head coach midseason that you see in terms of line movement, or it, it, is it subjective? Is it case by case in terms of? where the books will, will sort of rank a situation based on opponent, based on point and schedule, based on how the team has played so far? It's definitely a case-by-case basis. And, you know, we can look at trends all we want when coming up with a number. But in the end, the market will let you know how they feel about this. And right now it's telling me that they weren't a big fan of Scott Frost in <laughs> Lincoln, Nebraska. So, you don't say. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely definitely case by case, and uh, yeah, this one no different for sure. Weird, it's, that... it's weird you see a head coach fired this early into a season, but right. again, it, every every situation is different. I'm curious, Seamus, about the Fighting Irish as far as the oh, handle go. goes. Right, <laughs> last week they get embarrassed by Marshall. This week, how much money are you taking in? Like, how much has the handle? I'm guessing decreased from last week to this week where there might be a lot of Notre Dame backers that are like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm not in on this one. Well, again, big national brand in Notre Dame. and I, it, The handle really hasn't suffered all that much. You know, everyone's still putting Notre Dame in their, in their big money line parlays. Uh, it's still Notre Dame money coming in. You know, that line was under 10 for most of the week, and it's finally, started, it's finally up over 10 now. But I, the, it doesn't matter with this Notre Dame team. People are, you know, can't con- can't conceive how they're 0-2 right now. <laughs> What's the biggest bet that's, or maybe not the biggest bet, but just the overall bet that surprised you the most this week, maybe from a respected customer, maybe from a non-respected customer, and you're like, yeah, I don't really see this happening. I mean, we take these, most of the big bets we see are like 
five figure bets on these huge favorites on the mm. money line. Uh, nothing's really shocked me all that much. I mean, the past few weeks, nothing can really shock me <laughs> as much as it has. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure yet, but uh, definitely we're keeping our eye. The bigger bets will come in closer to kickoff for sure. You know, I'm looking at USC's early season schedule. Obviously, they trounce Rice, and then they go on the road and get a big win at Stanford. They're facing off hosting Fresno State, the Bulldogs, today. Uh, has the handle improved on USC games year over year with all the excitement about Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams at quarterback? Do you just see more people run into the books to bet USC as a result of just the national notoriety and attention they've gotten this offseason leading into this season so far? I told one of, uh, one of, our, one of my teammates here at BetMGM, I think this USC team has the potential to be like the most bet on college team we'll see this year. Wow. I mean, last I mean, last week the offensive display they put on, even just in the first half alone against Stanford, it's a fun team to watch. It's a fun team that you're going to want to bet the over on. You're going to want to you're going to have them to cover every spread. Uh, it I think you're definitely going to see an uptick in the handle, and you know it's a late kickoff tonight, so we're going it's probably going to be a lot of money coming in on that game. I think. Uh, real fast here, Seamus. One of the teams that was not fun to watch last week, the Virginia. Cavaliers. Oh. What in the name of Brennan Armstrong wow. happened against Illinois over there? It's uh, that was I was disgusted by that. It was terrible. <laughs> I mean, the be- best team in Virginia is playing in Charlottesville today. I hope UVA can keep up. <laughs> Old Dominion, right? Is Old Dominion the best team in Virginia? I, I mean, I, I, I they, they've, they, they've looked pretty good so far. Well, last week you came on the show and you said Incarnate Word was going to beat Nevada, and guess what happened? <laughs> incarnate word beat Nevada by two touchdowns. So people take what your 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 word, your incarnate word, very seriously, Seamus. <laughs> I think um, the the other interesting team, and again, let's zoom out for a second and look at the futures market because Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, there is a massive gap between those three teams and everyone else. If you had to peg one as your inside track to win it all right now, after the first couple of data points we've seen, can you separate those three teams in any way? It's tough. I I have Georgia as my as my personal favorite out of that out of those like four teams or so. Uh, Clemson I haven't been has been overly impressive. You could see a quarterback change there. Mm. Uh, Alabama was not firing on all cylinders last week either against Texas. I mean Texas was up for that game for sure, but you expect that, you're laying twenty you're laying three touchdowns. You expect a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I I think this Georgia team is is a a well-oiled machine. I think they're a real they, – they give an easy shot to repeat, I think, this year. Hey, man, Seamus. Thanks we for joining us it. here today, man. Hope you enjoy all the games today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah, thank you. There he is, Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. Be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM. All right, coming up next, nothing makes you stick, stick out your chest more than correctly predicting an underdog. We've got some dog picks right around the corner for you guys. Keep it locked right here. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? 
It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The fun continues. We're giving you a little bit of information. We're giving you a lot of fun. Getting you all set for kickoff. Only about an hour and ten minutes away before the ball is flying in the air. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, the king of parlays. Let's hit it. The dogs are barking. I love this. This is my favorite. I swear, nothing makes you feel better if you're betting on a game to correctly pick an underdog. Where it's like, you had Samford plus the points. Or Yeah, I did. I did. All right, so uh, let's go around the room. Let's start with you, Jared. How about some dogs that you think are going to be barking today? How about Western Kentucky at Indiana? And I'll be honest, Rich, I know you know this, but Bloomington can be a little more like Borington sometimes when you play a football game there. It can be quiet. It can be chill. It's not a very raucous home crowd. And I think Western Kentucky with this new quarterback, Austin Reed, this D2 transfer who's been fantastic, was just added to the Davey O'Brien list this week. I think he's got a chance to make some noise. Now, Western Kentucky's a top 20 team in overall efficiency. They're very balanced. Some nice pieces up front. They're not your typical group of five team. They've got actually some really solid players on the defensive line. I don't think the Hoosiers are just going to run straight down their throats. And this is an Indiana team that's outside the top 90 in efficiency. I have not been impressed by Missouri quarterback Connor Basilak. And the environment, again, when you talk about a group of five team going on the road to face a power five team, that difficult, you know, loud noises, as they say, can be hard to overcome. But I don't expect that in Bloomington today. So I will take a chance. This is also one of the top plays on the Pixwise site uh, this morning and afternoon. Western Kentucky catching almost now a full touchdown, I'm seeing. And a little sprinkle on the money line as well. Why not? Go Toppers! Go Toppers! Yeah, and the Hoosiers... It was survival in Mm. Bowling Green, Kentucky last year. And so I think uh, for an undefeated team facing an undefeated team, you're going to try to keep that momentum going, like you said. I mean, it's been for years now, but that Western Kentucky offense is just high octane. I mean, that is unleaded gasoline just poured straight down your throat. And in sleepy Bloomington, we'll see if they can make (laughs) some noise. Here's my dog. Now, last week... You guys made fun of me because I couldn't keep my hands off this. It was too juicy. The Hawaii plus 51 and a half on the road at Michigan. It worked. Covered it. it. I covered. So here, I'm doing it again. I'm taking a a large spread on the road. Not not as big. Not even close to as big. And Brian's going to hate me for this. But Notre Dame. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Notre Dame is hosting the Cal Bears. And I'm looking at this 12 and a half points, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Now, do I think the Irish win? Yeah, I think I think they win. But I think it's survival. And so I'm taking the Cow Bears getting 12 and a half on the road <laughs> as the point spread stands right now. You know, I'm going to look at La Tech. Huh? Terry Bradshaw University. Do I have that right? Old school there. But <laughs> Louisiana Tech, it's more so about Clemson. They're just sleepy in September. They're sleepy. Their offense's been sleepy beyond September, by the way, also. But Clemson favored by 33 and a half. You look, I can't get beyond this trend. Since the start of the 2020 season, Clemson is 1 and 7 against the spread in September. And I also think 
a bit of a look look ahead spot. You get ACC play starting next week for uh, Clemson, Wake Forest, and then NC State, two ranked opponents. So do I think they're going to be all about La Tech here today to the tune of them covering and winning by at least 34? I say no. I'm riding with the Bulldogs today of La Tech. Mm. Wow. Don't mind wow, it. I love it. How about Don't Arizona, like an underdog against North Dakota State today? How about that? Ooh, yeah, that's FBS embarrassing. team as yeah. an underdog wow. to the FCS powerhouse, the Bison. Yeah. Couldn't pay me to bet Arizona in this game with your money, Brian. I'll tell you what, Brian. I like that La Tech, that, the you point like spread on that one. You smell mm. what I'm cooking yeah. over here. Also, oh we'll get back to the top matchups coming up next. And also, a great response to Twitter trolls. That's on the way. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Ah, uh, yes, less than an hour away until kickoff. I am so ready for this. Hopefully it'll be a Notre Dame win, unlike the previous two weeks. Hopefully that's the case, but Can't get in any worse. event, covered wall-to-wall <laughs> -wall in ball over here. How about this, guys? We'll get to a couple of the big matchups in a second, but quarterback news. So Notre Dame's quarterback, Tyler Buckner, likely out for the season, has a grade, grade 5 AC sprain. So it's supposed to be about a four-month recovery. So he's probably done for the season. Also, Quinn Ewers. I felt terrible for this guy. Texas quarterback. Got off to a really, really strong start against Alabama. And then he gets injured toward the end of the first mm. quarter. And so he has a sprained SC joint. We got AC sprains, SC sprains. But he's going to be gone for multiple weeks. That's a tough blow for Texas. I, you know, I wonder... Is it a coincidence that the story leaked about what they're spending on Arch Manning in the recruiting visits the same week that Quinn Ewers went down? I don't know. That's just a conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> the X-Files music there. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it is uh, stunning, right, how the sequence of events really unfold. And it all kind of seems to the layperson or somebody who's just reading uh, like like magic, right, or like coincidence, but it's not coincidence. I think it was completely um, – it was a message to the recruits who are showing up on the UT campus this year, like regardless of what our record looks like because who knows where the season goes now, right? You got to show up. You got to give us a chance because it's not about now when you're when you're showing up to the campus. It's about the future, and you're going to be a part of that future. And by the way, we're going to pay dearly for you to be a part of that future. So I think message sent, message received. There, the transfer portals changed everything, guys. Everything. I mean, it, it it's turned these programs now into professional organizations that recruit as such, whereas the recruiting before was a little, I don't want to call it pedestrian, but it was amateur hour compared to what we're seeing today. I mean, it is a whole new level of opening up your, your account book, your, your, your pocketbook, and just showing what you can do for some. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Blue Chips, but it's kind of funny how that predicted the future a little bit with what we're seeing now where all of these things that were illegal back then are, are, are now fair game. And it's just the entire landscape of college football. These are Fortune 500 companies recruiting CEOs to come work for them. And it's, it is a fascinating landscape. Yeah. I got to watch that movie again because... Tremendous movie. Yeah, One of the best point, though, of all. Jared, I mean, way ahead of its time, Brian. Way ahead it, of its time. It was like a premonition, 
really, you know, but but to look at it now and be like, oh, yeah, it wasn't like this before, or at least legally shouldn't have been like that before. <laughs> also, another quarterback storyline here, Texas A&M. They're still clinging on to a 24 ranking here. They're still in the rankings after losing to App State last week, but they've made a QB switch. Haynes King grab some pine, grab the clipboard. Max Johnson is in. <laughs> you know, I think about Texas A&M. I wonder what you guys think about this. I think Texas A&M is the Philadelphia Eagles of college football. Interesting. Meaning they're really talented in a lot of areas, but quarterback is the question mark. I think A&M is like the Eagles. It's a good mm. it's a good comparison. I you know what? It's yeah, actually the more I think about it, the more I like it. Because you you think to yourself, yeah, they're fine everywhere, but fine isn't good enough typically at the quarterback position. Nope. Fine will get you nine wins. Fine may make you a conference title hopeful, but fine doesn't get you in the national conversation and keep you ranked all season long. It's 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 interesting. Yeah, I think I think when you make the comparison. Uh, to Hertz with the Philadelphia Eagles, that makes sense. It's uh, it's okay. It's working. You're not sure if you're completely sold. You need to see more, but what's the cost of seeing more? What happens to A and M if they stick with what what is that now a known quantity at quarterback for the long term? And they, I mean, could could it end up biting them? And the possibilities the possibilities point to yes. When you have an elite quarterback, obviously your ceiling's extremely high and the world's your oyster. When you have a middling quarterback, it can it can definitely it can put you in that struggle bus section in big moments in big games. We've already seen it. Brian, you're not welcome in Philadelphia anymore after that. <laughs> Gonna be revoked from getting your Geno's or your Pat's cheesesteak. Um Max Johnson, listen, I, I I think when you talk about that quarterback switch, the line move did tick a little bit towards AM. And I think that's – and, again, it kind of suits to what we're talking about with the Oklahoma-Nebraska game, a known commodity with Haynes King, which, you know, let's be honest, it's not, not a very, you know, valuable commodity. But it's that unknown, the volatility, which intrigues betters because then the number has a chance to be very wrong if the upside is there with Max Johnson. The downside, of course, could be there as well. But, again – when you go from a different quarter, that's the one position on the field that will move the line significantly. And when you move from one quarterback who has been very pedestrian at best to a guy that's shown a little bit at LSU, he had some moments, it, the upside there is what has betters intrigued. That's why we've seen this A&M line just move a hair towards six since the announcement that Max was going to be under center. Yeah, A&M, like you just said, Jared, minus six at BetMGM hosting Miami. And Miami's got to be a lot better. I know A&M losing to App State, that grabbed the headlines. But Miami, very sluggish first half, trailed 7-3 to three against Southern Miss late in the first half. So Miami's got to be a whole lot better today. They're one of those teams where you look and you're like, they're number 13 in the entire country. Mm. And one of those teams where you're like, but are they? You know what that I mean? That like, feels oh. wrong. Are they going to remain there? Yeah, they've got to step it up big time. Also, another big ranked versus ranked matchup. Number 12, BYU against number 25, Oregon. Hostile environment. They've got the nightmare greens. Love that. The nightmare (laughs) green uniforms Oregon will be rocking tonight. And I think Bo Nix, look, he was good last week against an FCS opponent. He was brutal in week one against Georgia. What kind of Bo Nix 
do we get today? Because he might need to be special when you're trying to match up with Jaron Hall, who is special over there at BYU. I got to see Bo Nix be a lot more consistent. Yeah, that's the word that's that was missing, obviously, over the first two weeks. But if you look at both of these games in a vacuum, and you should, uh, it's going to tell you more of the story. So Bo Nix out the gate, huge game on the road, Oregon Ducks with a brand-new quarterback foisted into the national spotlight, and they get absolutely railroaded by the Bulldogs. I, they come back and they have success against an FCS team, like you said, but what you want to see is improvement. And, and against an inferior opponent – you need to work on yourself, and that's what I saw from the Ducks last weekend. They worked on themselves. Bo Nix looked more consistent. He looked more confident, and he, he sounds more confident. This Oregon Ducks team sounds more confident going into this matchup against BYU. Again, it's sort of like all of the, the hype has worn off now, right? You know, we're, we're through that glossy veneer. We're into it now. They've already faced a ranked opponent on the road. They know what it's like to have all eyes on them, so BYU BYU Cougars, they come to Eugene. Huge moment for them here for the Ducks. I think you're going to see improvement. Now, is it enough to win? I don't know. But is is it going to be improvement? Are we going to see more consistency from this offense? I could almost guarantee it, especially after seeing what they were able to do to improve themselves against an inferior opponent last week. Mm. Bo Nix is, is the curious case because there there's so much upside there. Yeah. Now, when you look at this Oregon team, in the first hour we talked a little bit about the market analysis, and I, I am a little bit surprised that after BYU's big win and Oregon's you know, flat performance against Georgia and then you know, call it a, an, an incomplete grade against Eastern Washington because it's really tough to take anything from that, I was surprised that we didn't see the initial market move from three and a half down to three. That usually is something the smart money will gobble up very quickly if they think an underdog is live. But it hasn't been the case. It's been hovering at three and a half pretty much the entire week. Then we dig into the analysis. And when I look at Bo Nix, the home road splits are fascinating here. So his completion percentage, and again, these are all Auburn splits for the most part. The completion percentage increases 8% at home. Yards per attempt, up two yards. Touchdown to interception ratio, six to one at home. He has more interceptions than touchdowns on the road. So Autzen Stadium is going to be a friendly environment for him today. And when we look at the BYU offense, they had to go deep into their bag to get past Baylor. They had yeah. a throwback pass. They were Jaron Hall was chucking it all over the field. You had a freshman wide receiver, Chase Roberts, with 15 targets, 122 yards, plus that throwing touchdown. I just don't know if that's repeatable if the top two wide receivers are out again, Nakua and Romney. And when we talk about production at the wide receiver position, maybe for one game it's possible to replicate that. But now we're in game number two. Can those wide receivers who are now very young, very inexperienced, go on the road and face, listen, Oregon's had some studs on defense over the last few years in the draft, and they have a very talented front seven here against the BYU offensive line that only generated a 26% success rate against Baylor's front last week on the ground. I think Oregon's front is just as good, if not better. They've got some dudes, and I just don't know if BYU's offense is going to create the separation needed. Now, again, Bo Nix, volatility. Could be good, could be bad, leaning towards the good at home. But I'm concerned with BYU's offense here getting that movement and sustained drives against a very talented Oregon defense that was embarrassed by Georgia. Yeah. 
But the numbers looked okay in that game if you go play to play. And that's such a good point that you make about BYU's rushing offense especially. And we know first down, second down, so important to keep your offense on Mm. the field. And Oregon, I mean – they're stout up front. So I could see there being a lot of three and outs early in this game. The Cougars giving the ball back to the Oregon offense and with more opportunities, especially early in the game and knowing now what you've alluded to, this this home away splits for Bo Nix, maybe in front of the home crowd with more opportunities in the fan base, you know, in the pocket of the Oregon Ducks defense. They can get some things going in the first half and keep the pressure on the Cougars in the second half. Now, this is not a marquee matchup. Missouri State against Arkansas, but I think it's a marquee response, okay? So Sam Pittman, head coach at Arkansas, he tweeted out that the Razorbacks are number 10. He put it out there, and he got some flack, right? Like, who cares, whatever. He had a great response to the Twitter trolls. Check this out. I tweeted out that we were number 10, and then I got some responses. Well, it doesn't matter. Well, I ain't tweeting it out to – you guys or a 50-year-old man, I'm trying to use his recruiting, you know, so I really don't care what the guy says, you know what I mean? I'm trying to recruit, not him or them, I recruit, and uh, so we're proud of it, sure we're proud of it. It's hard to be in the top ten. We've done it two years in a row, the kids have done it, and the coaches, the assistant coaches have done it. Yeah, I'm proud of it. Sure am. Whenever it came out, I was smiling ear to ear. Now, what that means right now, it means that we're number 10 today, and I tweeted it out. I'm, I'm proud of it. <laughs> I love that. Right? You're trying so to recruit, awesome. trying to get some uh, new batch of five-star, four-star guys in there. And, yeah, it is something to be proud of. It's not yeah. like we've reached the mountaintop, but, yeah, I think you got to celebrate the wins along the season, not just at the end of it. You know, and Jared and Brian, I mean, both of you guys know this just about our show. Like, we're trying to be authentic. You know, if Mm. we're going to win, we'll tell you about it, and we'll crow, and we'll pound our chest. If we're going to lose, we're going to tell you about it, and we're going to laugh about it, and we're going to move on. And, we, you know, we got skin in the game. It's, It's fun when you're authentic. It's fun when you're cutting closer to the bone. You know, not to make this about NFL, but one of the biggest critiques of, say, a Russell Wilson is the fact that you have no idea who this guy is, right? Nobody feels like they're really close to him because it feels like he's just so aware of where the camera is. But when you have a Razorbacks head coach talking about, hey, you know, pretty cool being top ten. Pretty (laughs) hard to do. It's one of those things, Rich, where – Tom Brady, we started to warm up to the guy because he's been acting more like a dude since he's been in Tampa Bay instead of a robot. That's exactly right. You don't want a robot. You want somebody who's aware of things. Hey, look what we get to do here, and look where we are right now. I'm not saying we've reached the Super Bowl or the pinnacle of college football. We haven't been crowned national champions, but I am going to revel in some of our victories here because how often are you top 10? It's difficult to do. I think that's awesome. I love that sound clip. I think the most fascinating thing about college football today is the gap between the most successful head coaches in terms of their age and maybe their, you know, in touch to modern culture and the kids that they're trying to recruit on a weekly, monthly, you know, yearly basis and how they try to close that gap, 
again, there is a divide there between who Sam Pittman is, how old he is, and, and w- how he approaches his life, and the, the type of kids that he's trying to appeal to on a weekly basis. And certain coaches are better at it than others. I'll throw Brian Kelly's name into the mix as one of the ones that isn't great at it in <laughs> yes. terms of it's kind of, you know, being on the same level as 18 and really 17-year-old kids that you're trying to bring into your program. So I, I, I do find it fascinating when some of these eh, coaches that are on the back nine uh, in terms of their age try to bring themselves down to the level of a 17-year-old kid, get inside of their head, because it is a mind game. I mean, this recruiting landscape in college football, it is the lifeblood of every program. And every coach is trying also to be authentic and to get their program more attention. And it, it really is fascinating to see the, uh, the way, the, the lengths that these coaches will go to to be, quote-unquote, cool. I know, hey, we're, sure. I, go ahead, I know we're way over. I just have to say, you know, piggybacking off of that, like the Brian Kellys of the world, you know, you got to remember who you're talking to and you're recruiting to. It's not just the athlete, it's the parents. Very true. And, you know, if I'm a parent and I see a guy walk in and he walks out of my living room or I go on a recruiting visit and you got a big smile and a lot of handshakes wearing his polo with, you know, the LSU Tiger on it. When he walks away, the first thing I'm going to think is, did I just speak to a real person or not? Uh, is this yeah. guy a phony or not? And do I trust him to work with my son for the next four or five years potentially? You got to sell the parents too. And adults in the room, they can read through a phony real quick. And so, yeah. again, getting back to Arkansas's head coach and where they're at right now in college football, it's hard to get to top ten. And admitting that and talking about it and reveling in it and, you know, talking about how, and I use the Twitter machine. And I'll tell you what, some of the response was bad, but I don't mind. I, I think it's great. I think yeah. it's, it's authentic. I agree. I do too. Hey, be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast. Fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, love the live betting, the Daily Lions boost, love the Daily Lions boost, or the cash out feature, who doesn't love the cash out feature? And new users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer that is code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. All right, coming up next, one heck of a Heisman moment last week. And also, the college football playoff is similar to another postseason in a completely different sport. We'll explain. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Are you ready for some football? Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Uh, welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Let's bust out the binoculars. Hey, let's go. Countdown commence. Heisman Watch. Three, two, one. Ah, uh, yes, you need the binoculars for the Heisman Watch over here. How about this? Bryce Young. A Heisman moment last week, the Alabama quarterback. About 30 seconds to play against Texas. Look like he's going to be sacked. No, no, no. He escapes, rushes, gets him in field goal range. Alabama wins. Maybe his Heisman odds are better. Nope. Nope. He is tied for second place with Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. Caleb and Bryce Young are at plus 350. They are both looking up at Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud. He's at plus 350. 
275. Mm. How about that? Mm, mm, mm. I'll jump in here first because I know everybody is looking at Bryce Young right now, and it's because he had that moment. I mean, this was a nail-biter for Crimson Tide fans, and they survived Texas. How about Texas, by the way, a couple years uh, before they joined the SEC, looking like they'll fit in just fine when they get there. But I want to focus on Caleb Williams for a second. I'm getting the feeling we're heading toward his moment. And I don't know if it's going to happen in as big of a game early in the season as it did for Bryce Young, but we're getting there, right? You know, it feels like we're overdue for something in the USC galaxy to go bonkers viral. And so I have a feeling right now sitting at, what is it, plus 600 on most books for Caleb Williams? I have a feeling there's some value there still because, as we know, the Heisman is as much about who's the best player in college football as it is who's the most popular player in college football. And he really hasn't burst onto the scene yet. He hasn't had that viral moment yet. They haven't had big enough matchups yet. So I I, I almost think even even at number three on the list right now in terms of odds and, and, and uh, where he's at in terms of futures – I kind of feel like there's value there for Caleb Williams. I think the issue that I see, and I agree with your take 100%, Rich, but the issue that I see with him winning the award is the other side of the ball for USC, which is Mm. their defense, which I think at some point is going to have a moment where they just look awful. And it could have been last week, but they were fortunate that they got a couple turnovers in the red zone. Listen, I I keep focusing in on my guy, J.J. McCarthy. Uh-huh. We gave you 50-1 to 1 last week. It's down to 20-1 to 1 now at BetMGM. I think when you look at his team, again, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, they're going to be fantastic, but the numbers, uh, you know, he's the favorite. Bryce Young, Alabama, I could poke holes in Alabama, and they're going to have some tough games on the road, and the number at plus 350, not a lot of upside there. And then you keep going down the list. J.J. McCarthy right now is the sixth favorite on the board. Anthony Richardson, Stetson Bennett, Caleb Williams are in front of him. I could see J.J. rising the ranks of those players because Michigan's team success is going to outweigh maybe not Stetson Bennett, but definitely Anthony Richardson and I think Caleb Williams at USC as well. So I feel like the defense for Michigan might be one of the better units in the country, and I know that has nothing to do with J.J.'s play, but when you couple that with high upside he's graded out fantastic one of the top quarterbacks in the country this year according to pro football focus i think there is still upside with his number at 20 to 1 i'll say this real fast rich i hear what you're saying but i disagree with you about caleb williams because (laughs) think of it like this when i was a kid my dad would say when i'm throwing a pass he would say don't throw it to where the guy is throw it to where he will be when the ball gets there yeah and so if you're throwing a pass Caleb Williams is like a wide receiver running down the sideline. If you throw the ball to where he is, he's going to be 20 yards downfield by the time the ball gets there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I I just look at Caleb Williams, very talented, going to put up huge numbers. But where it's going to end up, like Jared said, it's that defense, man, way too leaky. They're going to have too many losses, I think, for him to walk away with the Heisman. Let me ask you then about a guy, you know, following both of your logic then, because I'm, am I sold on Caleb Williams? No, but I just feel like the popularity contest that these Heisman watches have become, he's going to be in the conversation all year as long as USC starts or keeps winning. And the Pac-12 is a winnable conference for USC. We'll see where their defense goes. But 
mm-hmm. like a DJU, right? Out with Clemson, sturdy defense, you know, potentially back on the map if their offense can coalesce around him. Your thoughts on him? Because on some boards he's at six, seven. He's in the he's in the mix as maybe the next to get into the national conversation for the Heisman watch. Mm. There's a couple of guys in there that I really like down on the board too. Um, you know what I, it reminds me of, Jared? Real fast, it reminds yeah. me of Team USA playing basketball in the Olympics. It's like. Oh, yeah. I kind of like Lithuania to win it all. And, oh, look at the odds I can get on this guy. And it's like, they're not going to win it. Why would you bet on those guys? You know what I mean? That's how I feel with a lot of these Heisman candidates. That's good yeah, point. and I would put Jameer Gibbs in, in the category of a guy that I think has a little upside too. I think he's been underutilized at Alabama so far. And it's going to be tough for him to overtake what Bryce Young is doing. But, again, at this stage of the market, it's really hard to bet on Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud at that price. Because I, I want to capture some upside with that number. I mean, I think plus 275 on C.J. Stroud is going to be there most of the season. Like, you sure. don't have to bet that now. Yeah. You can wait a few more weeks and let the season kind of play out and then bet on one of those guys. So, again, at this stage where there's still a lot of runway left in the regular season, I'm trying to find a number that is going to be significantly you know, cut in half or at least 10 20% upside over the next couple weeks, and then that gives you the option to kind of come off of it and then bet a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young if you've got a 30, 40, 50 to 1 ticket in your back pocket that, you know, is moving in a positive direction. I'll tell you, the option we're going to play right now is Isaac Lowe and Cron. Oh, He's yes. got a sports update for us. You take it away, Ilo. Will do, and we start with college football. And on Friday night, how about this? The Florida State Seminoles improving to 3-0 and with a dramatic 35-31 comeback win on the road at Louisville, led by backup quarterback Tate Rodmaker. After starter Jordan Travis left the game with an injury, 7-0 receiver Johnny Wilson, seven catches, 149 yards, two touchdown passes, including the game winner in the fourth quarter. Coming up at the top of the hour, number one Georgia visits South Carolina. Bet MGM favoring Georgia by 24 and a half. Fourth ranked Michigan playing host to UConn. Bet MGM favoring the Wolverines by a slight 47 and a half. And number six Oklahoma at Nebraska. Bet MGM has the Sooners favored by 11. That's it. Oh, sorry. I thought my microphone was off there for a second there. Sorry about that. Anyway, in Major League Baseball on Friday night, got a phone call to make shortly. The Houston Astros defeated the Oakland A's 5-0 to clinch a playoff spot. Jordan Alvarez, three home runs, all of them over 430 feet. Justin Verlander got the win to improve to 17-3. And in the Cardinals, 6-5 victory over Cincinnati. Albert Pujols moved one step closer to the 700 club. Here's John Rooney on KMOX. A swing and a long drive. Left field. Albert Pujols just tied the game with home run 6-98. Finally, guys, we have a potential but not definite Rich Ornberger update. Oh. Um, A short time ago, a gentleman named Scott... Uh, who is from Washington, D.C., according to his Twitter bio, posted, and I quote, I have to print my best man speech, but some guy in our hotel business center has been talking to himself for the last half hour. Hashtag WTH, unquote. So the he only went, what the heck? Is that what he went with, WTH? It might, it might have been something else, but on Twitter, why don't you just go for the 
why don't you go yeah. for a few letters before that? I'm just so, so look. There's no conclusive evidence that he is at your hotel. The only clue about his location is that he hails from Washington D.C. The rest of his tweets have have no indication about his present whereabouts. It could be Atlanta. It could be anywhere else. So potential, but not def- definite. Back to you. Oh. Thank wow. you, Ilo. Look at, you're ruining lives over there, Rich. Unbel- I, you're changing lives oh, they, in a good way being on the show, but you're ruining lives for people in the hotel room that are trying to, to get in there They got a printer well. behind the front desk. Everybody knows that. He can just ask point. the guy at the desk. It's a great That's point. True. I literally, as as uh, the, the kind woman who saved me this morning was welcoming me into the business center and, and offering me free coffee, by the way, at this Hilton Garden Inn, uh, she was watching me unplug the print the ethernet cord from the printer and she's like well i guess what i don't know can't hurt me right and i was just like listen shh, i'll replace it thank yeah. you so much you have no idea what service you're providing uh so she's gonna get a, a heck of a survey that's uh five stars the whole way that's that. outstanding it's fox sports radio's countdown to kickoff presented by bet mgm that voice you heard the Penn State All-American Rich Orenberger, who is uh, getting <laughs> death stares at him right now as he takes over the conference room in Salt Lake City. And lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com, Jared Smith, rocking the New York Yankees t-shirt today. You yeah. a Yanks fan there, Jared? I am, New York City guy. Um, I ordered a couple new graphic tees with my teams, Jets, Yankees, Penn State. They'll be arriving soon because, you know, we've got, a re- we've got three hours and it's, you know, we're on the whole time. So I've got to rock something that at least shows off my personality. I love that. Okay, we are less than 25 minutes away from kickoff. Let's dive into this. Not live yet, live betting. Okay, so it's the live betting look ahead right here. Some lines that you might take advantage of once the games kick off and you're doing some in-game betting. I know you've got your uh, magnifying glass out on the USC Trojans and maybe their suspect defense there. Jared, what are you seeing here? Yeah, I think there's a couple of spots you can look to early to see how things are reacting, and that's this USC-Fresno State total. I expect there to be fireworks in this game. If we don't get fireworks early and that total drops a few points, that might be an opportunity to bet the over. And I direct your attention to Lincoln because that game's starting up in about 30 minutes or so. To me, if Nebraska has that spark, especially defensively, and they're tackling, I would be very willing to jump in on a money line price. Even if Nebraska takes a lead in that game and the money line decreases, right now it's about 3-1. to one. But even if, if Nebraska jumps out fast and the energy's there and you see that spark post-Scott Frost, I think a 2-1 to one or a plus 150 somewhere in that range is still a very fair price to bet Nebraska as an underdog even if they take the lead early in that game. But again, I want to see what the defense has. If there's some starch in those tackles, I might be a little more inclined to get more involved with the Cornhuskers in this game against Oklahoma. Wow. Starch wow. in those tackles. Starch. I just love that. That's yeah. a T-shirt right there. <laughs> love it. <laughs> but, you know, to his point, though, Jared's got uh, – uh, look, when you, when you have a situation where it's a new voice in the room – and there's somebody else at the helm, and and everybody is down for the first couple of days because it's awkward and it's new. You, it, it could also improve things, and it can improve things really fast. Now, I'm not going to say the Cornhuskers are going to go out there and be world beaters for the rest of the season now. Things are in disarray. But you can have that boost. You can roll off of the nervous energy in the room 
especially when your first game back in action is in front of your home crowd. Because, again, the home crowd doesn't care who your head coaches are. They don't even really care who their players are. They're just worried about that name on the front of the jersey. And so Husker Nation showing up, especially if you have an early hot start by Nebraska, I, I could see that. that. That's an interesting line to keep your eye on as action mm. continues. And by the way, to put a cap on this, because Iowa Sam, our technical producer, he was playing some USC music in the background, Jared, when you started off with the Fresno oh, State-USC yeah. game. Can we all agree, and I say this as a guy born and bred in South Bend, Indiana, USC has the best music in college football, easily, not even close. It's the it's best good. music in college football. Can I good. get an amen from the it's crew good. over here? Huh? You know it's- what the funny thing is? So when I was playing high school football, our head coach used to play fight songs during the warm-ups instead of, like, you know, rap music or something else. Um, and I, this was one of the ones that would be on repeat in my brain when we're warming up. Very exciting stuff. Get oh, me going. It's, it's tremendous right there. I it's kind of really like was. the NFL films music for college yes. football, I think. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's so synonymous for me for the NCAA football games. You know, like everybody, uh-huh. especially when, when we were in college and that was still a thing, you know, everybody wanted to play with USC. And so you just heard that fight song on a loop every single dorm room and apartment you walked into. <laughs> so, yeah, it is forever emblazoned in my psyche because of that. Hey, be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM. Okay, coming up next, we got a lot to do. I think the CFP is like the NBA. What the heck does that mean? I'll explain. And also, we each make three picks. It's the moment of truth. The loser at the end of the season is drinking mayonnaise, Uh a la Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback. So we'll get you our picks before we get on out of here. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Just about 12 measly minutes until kickoff and until up on game. LeVar Arrington, Plaxico Burris, TJ Hushmanzada at the top of the hour. You know, quick take before we get to our picks, guys. I was thinking about this. You tell me if I'm crazy or not. I think the college football playoff is a lot like the NBA playoffs, meaning this. I think when you see Alabama struggle last week and barely win a game, sometimes you think there's more chaos than there actually is. Where it's, like, it's wide open. Who knows who's going to get in there? And I, I'm not trying to create, I think they call it a scarecrow type thing. I don't think everybody's freaking out as if UTEP is going to be a playoff team or something like that. But I think in the season, you can lose track of what you think before the season. Heading into the season, you're like, it's the usual suspects. It's Bama, it's Georgia, it's Ohio State. But you get into the season and you might forget that. It reminds me of the NBA playoffs because it's the same formula. You go in saying the better team always wins the series. And then you forget that midway and you're like, maybe the Pelicans can pull this off (laughs) after they win a game or two. So I think college football, I think to some it might appear to be more open than what it actually is. What's your sense of that? 
I think that's actually a really apt comparison because in the NBA, you're right. The reason why the postseason is more predictable, it's because you play seven games. And the more talented team, it bears out over a seven-game series that most likely they'll advance. And in college football, the regular season is like the NBA's postseason in the sense that, for the most part, if you have more talented players on your roster – you're going to survive with a better roster, with a better record than most other college football teams. So it does make sense. Yeah, talent bears out in the NBA postseason. And frankly, in the college football season, outside of injuries at key positions, it typically does as well. Mm. The one pushback is the one and done nature of college football. Sure. Where there is a lot of pressure on each individual game, but you're right. Over the long haul, I think Alabama, who has been hampered by some penalties and other things, will figure it out. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that you <laughs> yeah. get some of the non-usual suspects in the playoff, but I don't think I'm going to be wrong, unfortunately. No, I don't we'll think see so how either. it plays out. Okay, let's dive in. We got some picks. Rapid Fire. Okay, we each make three picks against the spread. The loser has to drink some mayonnaise at the end of the season. We'll start with you, Jared. What are your three picks today? All right, three and three on the year, one and two last week. Let's try to get back on a winning track this week. Oregon laying three and a half. I think this Ducks defense dominates a courageous Kooks team that is a little undermanned on offense. Some nice alliteration to start uh, the rapid fire segment. I like Minnesota. We haven't talked about this Minnesota team. The Gophers lead the nation in yards per game. They also lead the nation in fewest yards allowed per game. Bad news for Colorado, who has to go to Minneapolis for this game. I'll lay 26 and a half with the Gophers. And finally, how can I not take the <laughs> double letdown sandwich game and just insert it into my card? Double meat, double cheese. Montana State catching 15 against Oregon State. The Beavs have to face USC next week. Bit of a look-ahead spot for that Pac-12 squad. So Oregon lane three and a half, Minnesota minus 26 and a half, Montana State plus 15, my rapid fire this week. Okay, uh, I'll go next. I'm two and four overall. I had a two and one week last week that saved me because I was blanked week one. Let's try to get the three and oh here. Syracuse Orange quarterback, Garrett Trader, rough start to 2021. Purdue Boilermaker defense, Excellent start to the season. I think defense rules the day here. I have this game going under the number, which is set at 60 between Cuse and Purdue. Notre Dame, we talked about this earlier. Sorry, Brian. But their quarterback, <laughs> Buckner, was locked, knocked out last week. The backup, Drew Pine, threw uh, two picks in 11 dropbacks. You see Cal Dog by 12 and a half. This is too juicy to lay off. I'm taking the Road Dog Cal Bears getting 12 and a half points and lastly louisiana tech clemson here here's the deal tech's got a bad offense clemson's got a very solid defense uh the number set at 53 and a half i love the number here i'm going under this one so i got uh i got uh, uh the number is under 60 on that cuse purdue game i got the dogs and cal going to notre dame and 53 and a half is the number on la tech clemson i'm going under Okay, I'm 5-1 and one on the season. I want the FSR Twitter gurus to put my picks out there. Are you kidding me? They better be out there here. I'm going to do the up-on-game parlay one of these weeks where I take LeVar Arrington's Nittany Lions, Plaxico Burris's Spartans, TJ Hushman's Zada's Beeves. I'm not doing it this week, though. I'm looking at La Tech. 
against Clemson. Give me La Tech plus 33 and a half. Clemson stinks against the spread in September. They stink covering when they're favored by 30 or more. I like La Tech. I'm going to lay the 17 with Ole Miss on the road against Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech stinks, period, hard stop. And also, I'm going to look at Michigan State at Washington. I'm taking the under 56 and a half. Mm. Too high right there. Michigan State's offense is not firing on all cylinders. I see that hitting under 56 and a half. We still have time. Let's do this. This is the best play of the day. All right, Jared Smith, you're smelling some black shirts over here. What do you like? Uh, All right, we're one and one. We won week one. We lost last week with Iowa. Never again. We're taking 11 and a half with Nebraska. I like the Cornhuskers to keep this one close. It is a massive, massive motivational spot the week after firing Scott Frost. And I think Oklahoma evenly matched here against Nebraska. Transfer quarterbacks, I'll take Skylar Thompson to keep things close against right. OU. Love it. Great stuff today. Everybody enjoy the ball. We'll see you. Smells why. like ball.